Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Revelation 11. There is only one time in a sporting competition where the scoreboard actually matters, and that's the end of the game. That is what determines who wins or loses. I was painfully reminded of this recently as I watched a football game with my wife and another couple. I was rooting for my favorite football team, the Miami Dolphins. The other couple was rooting for the Tennessee Titans. And things were going well for my team in the fourth quarter. They were up by 14 points with three minutes left to play. But in the final score, the Dolphins lost by one point. They gave up two touchdowns and a two-point conversion in the last three minutes of the game to lose. And you know what the Dolphins were doing when they were up by two touchdowns? They were celebrating. They were running around and doing choreographed things in the end zone. They were acting like they had the game won. But guess what? They didn't. They lost the game. Because where the scoreboard is with three minutes left doesn't matter. Where the scoreboard is at the end of the game is what counts. Now, obviously, football is not very important in the grand scheme of things. But understanding God's plan for history and understanding that we know what the scoreboard is going to say at the end of the game should help us, even if the scoreboard doesn't look good right now or at some points in the future. We trust that we know where this is going. And even if the other team is celebrating, we're not going to lose our minds because we are going to press on towards that goal and towards what we know is going to happen because we have the scoreboard, the final score already. That's going to help us think through Revelation 11 today. Now, Revelation 11 begins with these two witnesses. There's, There's a measuring of the temple, and it talks about how it's going to be given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. So I think this is talking about a yet-to-be-built temple, and if we think of this time of tribulation as seven years, well, there is half of that, 42 months, where it's going to be given over to the nations. And It seems during that time, God is going to grant authority to his two witnesses, and they will prophesy for uh, 1,260 days, which would be another way of saying 42 months clothed in sackcloth. And when it says these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth, it seems that there's some connection here to some prophecies back in the book of Zechariah. But from the context here in Uh, Revelation 11, it it does seem that it's best to understand these two witnesses as two people uh, bearing witness for the sake of the Lord. And it describes that God empowers these witnesses uh, with divine uh, sovereign gifts to do miraculous things. Because if anyone would harm them, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. Uh, And that's how they're going to die. And they have the power to shut the sky that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying. And they have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they desire. 
So these witnesses have these miraculous powers in this period of three and a half years. But then this beast that rises from the bottomless pit, more on him later in the book of Revelation, he's going to conquer them and kill them. And and people are going to celebrate, it says. People are going to celebrate this. And for three and a half days, some from the peoples and tribes and languages and nations will gaze at the dead bodies and refuse to let them be placed in the tomb. And those who dwell on earth and rejoice over them and make merry and exchange presents, right? There's going to be a new Christmas, apparently, over the death of these witnesses, Um, But after three and a half days, God is going to basically, it says, raise them from the dead. A breath of life from God entered them and they stood up on their feet and great fear fell on those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies watched them. And then there's more destruction in Jerusalem. And even that taken to heaven in a cloud, maybe that brings back uh, images of Elijah being taken up into heaven. And some may even speculate, again, I don't think this is something we can know for sure. Maybe Elijah is one of these two witnesses. I think that's possible, but the text doesn't say that specifically. But then it says the second woe has passed. Behold, the third woe is soon to come. And I think what we see there, obviously, this is talking about something in the future. But I think if we put on our then always now hats and and think through this, we see these people do what God wants and God ultimately vindicates them, even though there's suffering on the way. And that's something we see throughout the Bible, that when people are faithful to God, God empowers them to do what he wants to do. And even if they experience persecution, even if they experience martyrdom, God will ultimately vindicate his people. And that's what we see really when we get then into the seventh trumpet on a grander scale. This is where we we see, hey, look at what the final scoreboard is going to say. It says, the seventh angel blew his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven saying, and this is one of my favorite statements in the book of Revelation, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. I think in many ways that verse is the statement of so much of our hope as Christians. A day is coming when the kingdom of this world will be complete And the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ will be established and will never end. He shall reign forever and ever. Does that get you excited? That takes us back to what we talked about in chapter 10. If that doesn't get you excited, I think the world has got too much of a hold on your heart. That should fill us with hope. That should fill us with confidence. And then we see more. Again, we saw a small scale, God vindicating his people by raising these two witnesses. But we see that on a grander scale in what we see then the 24 elders, that they worship God saying in verse 17, we give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came and the time for the dead to be judged and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great for destroying the destroyers of the earth. And so there we see something reminiscent of Psalm 2 talking about the nation's rage, but the nations aren't going to have the final say. God has the final say, and he will judge 
the wicked, he will destroy the destroyers of the earth, and he will reward his servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great. So look at where the final score is. And if we want to complicate this analogy a little bit, right, you know what the final score is. And now you get to choose which team are you going to be on? Are you going to be on the team that belongs to Christ? Are you going to follow him? Are you going to be one of the ones who fear him? Well, then you know how it ends. Or are you going to go with the team that right now looks like they're winning? And I think this passage should bring great encouragement to us. It should fill us with boldness. It should fill us with resolve. It should fill us with an eagerness to to take on risk, to, to serve Christ, no matter what the cost, because we know how the story ends. I couldn't read this passage without thinking of Romans 8, even just as we think about this idea of the scoreboard. We realize the scoreboard often doesn't look good for us. The latter part of Romans 8, it talks about in verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And the implication is those things are being experienced because the next verse says, as it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Looks like we're losing on the scoreboard. But then verse 37, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors because we know nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And we know that Christ, he will return and he will reign. The kingdom of the world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. So let this chapter be an encouragement to you today. Let it be a catalyst that causes you to remain faithful to Christ, no matter the cost, to be bold. Let it help you think, how can I use my life most effectively for the sake of the gospel? Because the game's going to be over someday and I know who's going to win. I want to give everything I can to that winning team. I want to be one of the ones that Christ is going to come and and reward because I feared his name and I wasn't intimidated by the world. My heart wasn't weighed down by the things of this world. Revelation 11 should put a lot of fuel in the tank for us to keep going. All right. As I think about that, that, that football game, the Titans could have, they could have stopped. They could have given up. But they didn't. They kept on going. And as a Christian, there's going to be times where it looks like the other side is winning. And it could be tempting to give up, to to stop being faithful to Christ, to stop seeking to make disciples and to spread the gospel. Let's never give up because we know what the final score is going to be. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.